0: Buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Welcome to Gun Funny episode 317. Today I'm going to chat with Brock Gardner from MCM Firearms, discuss the latest on Biden's attempt to ban hunting and archery in schools, highlight the new vortex impact, and talk about a mom who always comes running. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. Brock, how are you doing today?
2: I am doing great.
1: That doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound like, you know, you're like, hey, yeah, I'm doing excellent. <laughs> Actually,
2: I'm, I, doing, I'm doing good. I was traveling. Uh, I didn't, you know, I was on the road And about 1.30 this morning. I pulled off in the woods, slept in the bed of my pickup, got up at 6.30 and I'm <laughs> driving. So, so I'm doing as good as I can considering.
1: Yeah. No wonder you were just like, I'm doing okay. So, yeah, I guess I'd probably have the same, you know, uh, inflection in my voice or lack of uh if i slipped in the bed of a truck
2: (laughs) yeah Um, yeah i'm getting too old for that
1: i know i so that's what i tell my friends all the time i'm like i'm just at this certain age and point in my career where i'm like i'm not slumming it and like they think that i come off as like bougie or you know stuck up because of it and i'm just like look i just i've been there done that and i'm just not doing it anymore plus my body just doesn't you know, if you sleep in the bed of a truck, it's your back's going to feel it for a few days.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The comforts uh, get more important as you get older, for sure.
1: Absolutely. All right. So before we get into the show, uh, BSF Barrels. If you're looking to build a precision AR-10, check out BSF Barrels. They have multiple caliber barrels to choose from, such as like 308, 243, 65 Creedmoor, 6mm Creedmoor, 22 Creedmoor, and many others. You can pick like obviously traditional calibers or hot flat distance rounds as well. All of them have the BSF tension sleeve carbon fiber barrel to give you that heavy barrel rigid accuracy without packing on the pounds. They're... I think it's 0.875 inches in diameter, but the carbon fiber saves you like half the weight compared to a similar steel barrel. And they're available anywhere from 10 to 25 inches in length, depending on what kind of build you want to do. Check it out, bsfbarrels.com. Don't forget to use the code ELITE15, all one word, elite 15 and you're going to get 15% off your entire order.
0: Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
1: All right, so MCM Firearms. So Brock, before we start talking about MCM Firearms, just give me a little bit of background about you because you are the CEO of MCM Firearms, correct?
0: Correct.
1: And what got you started in the industry and like, what were you doing before you started MCM
2: Firearms? Uh, well, I was born and raised in Idaho. So we've always gun culture and guns is, you know, it's just always been there. Um, and for me, you know, on the farm, we always had guns using point twos. It was, so I was always around guns and I was always kind of tinkering and messing with them. I was a mechanic, uh, prior to opening the shop. And before I was a mechanic, I was managing and working a lot in machining and fabrication. And so I was always doing my own gun work. And then I was doing gun work for my buddies. And then when the crash in 07 happened, being a mechanic was a very difficult uh, way to make a living. So I realized I could, I could make that same kind of money doing my own thing. So I fell back on that machining, fabrication background opened up Metalcraft manufacturing in 2010, and we were specialized in machining, fabrication and welding, and mostly focused on exotic, what would have been considered quote unquote exotic materials, so uh, aluminum, titanium stains. Uh, we did a little bit of stuff with steel, but mostly focused on those other materials. That so was kind of the niche, and especially in the area I was, or I am in, we were one of the few places that could weld aluminum in the area. Mm-hmm. So that was beneficial. But the next thing, I mean, one thing kind of led to another. I was standing in a gun shop one day, looking at this Kimber. And it had a just the finish on the frame was awesome. I couldn't figure out what it was. It was OD green. And the frame was made out of steel or definitely not aluminum. So I knew it wasn't anodizing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, What's this finish. And it turned out it was Cerakote. And I think that was in 2012 maybe 2011, somewhere in there. And so I was, went online, found it, bought some, was like, oh, it's kind of cool and used it a little bit. And then it's kind of out of nowhere before I, just in the blink of an eye, we were spraying Ceraco for 14 different manufacturers. Oh, wow. And, and that then, of course, the manufacturers find out like, oh, well, you guys were a machine shop before? Like, we thought you were just a paint shop. And I'm like, just know how to spray Cerako. We can barely run a spray can, but we can spray Serakoat. And so then we started doing some machine stuff for those people and it kind of morphed from there and um, got us to where we're at today.
1: Wow. So that's that's pretty crazy. And that's like it's incredible that you were doing it for 14 manufacturers. I could just imagine that was a lot of different stuff to Serakote.
2: It was, yeah. The growth, the growth path uh, those first few years was pretty crazy. But it was fun we were we were working like the shop was open 20 hours a day we were running stuff through the booths now since since then a lot you know a lot of cerakots become hugely popular there's a lot of places in cerakone done. Mm-hmm. um so our and a lot of oems brought it in-house which right rightfully so you know i would if i was in their position i would want to do that too so we don't service 14 manufacturers anymore mm-hmm. um we still service quite a few but they have, they have dropped off over the years. So
1: then at what point did you decide, you know, I mean, I'm sure talking to these other manufacturers and then doing work for them, but at what point did you decide that you're going to create your own product?
2: Well, with the doing stuff for the OEM side and only in one industry, the I mean, firearms industry uh, industry is fluctuates up and down so much mm-hmm. that we would end up staffing up and doing things for our OEM customers to turn around their projects as quickly as possible. And then all of a sudden the work would die off from all of them for months at a time, and that's kind of hard and that's a hard, hard way to run a business. So, uh, we decided, okay, well, we have to start making our own stuff and doing something to fill in these gaps. And that was also a reason why I went after this integrity suppressed PCC part of the market was because it was the on kind of an area that was niche for sure, so we didn't want to step on our customer stores. Were just we just we try to try to maintain a certain level of respect and integrity with our OEM clients, and so that um, that integrity suppressed PCC market was kind of the lane we could forge down without um, crossing any lines.
1: Gotcha. So let's talk about the integrally suppressed upper. That was because I I have to say, like when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, it looks really cool. It has a lot of benefits. But then on top of that, when I went to the range and I shot it, and I kind of wish that the voting was a little bit different. And I I think I've said this. I saw this. I said this on Pew Pew panel as well as uh, I think my last episode. But I wish that for the people who were voting for Best Of, which was only about 10 of us, I wish that we didn't do it the same day. Like we did it that Friday. We had all day to walk around, check out all the products that they were up for awards. And then we had a... You know, vote on it that evening. Instead, I kind of wish that, you know, we saw the product, we did the range, and then maybe the third day we voted on it. Because I have to say, like, after trying out your product, like, on your guys' stuff was like my favorite at the range. It shot flawlessly. It was a joy to shoot. And I thought that it was, you know, just really innovative. But for those who aren't familiar with, like, you know, the design, can you just kind of walk us through, you know, what that design is of that upper?
2: Sure. so we're I guess coming from my background of fabrication and, and machining and all that I, I kind of always appreciate the process and development of different industries and technology and so in the firearms industry you know there's there's a lot of very little things have never been done before you go far enough back in the history books there's prototypes there's these John Brownings of the world have done stuff long before most of us were born. And so H and K and their MP5SD is one of those platforms that, to me, um, from a mechanical standpoint, was kind of fascinating. For several years, I've kind of been fascinated with it. It it It's just really neat. Mm -hmm. So this is, I guess, our platform is is our tipping our you know us tipping our hats to H and K, appreciating what they did, and trying to bring it into a more modern bring it into the modern world. So modernizing a few things, changing the way it's, things are manufactured, making it a little bit easier to manufacture, um, easier for serviceability down the road, use of different materials than they used, but we're still we're still paying homage to what they did and the path they laid out with their mp 5s mm-hmm.
0: So
2: we still retain the ported barrel, which was true to the original MP5 SD, Original original MP5 SD was built to run on 115 grain, a full metal jacket, 9 and have that RAM leave the barrel sets on. So we, that is exactly what our system does. Our porting is different from the way the HK originally did it. We did attempt to do it, well, not attempt, we did do it the way HK did it on our initial prototypes. But through our testing, we a better way to do it it was easier to do with modern machinery so we changed that incorporating the monocore into the system um, that would be a modernized um, version and then our core being separate from barrel and just the way the whole system is serviced is again bringing it into the sd into the, the modern world mm-hmm. so we still retain the barrel porting we still have a baffle stack and 115 grain loads will not leave the end of the barrel faster. Than 115 grain nine millimeter will not leave the end of the barrel faster than
1: then one what?
2: One thousand feet a second. Oh,
1: okay, gotcha.
2: So it'll stay stay below the staying below that that sound barrier.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's so if anybody's kind of wondering what this design looks like, if I remember correctly, so you have like you know a shorter barrel. And then at the tip of that barrel, you have a built-in suppressor. And this is all well underneath the handguard, obviously. So it's all, hence the word, integrally suppressed. Um, but it has like an internal, I guess, like monocore design that and it also makes so, it a lot easier yeah. to service as well. So like as far as cleaning the baffles and stuff, that's a lot easier to do than you would, you know, than you would have with like your typical suppressor.
2: Correct. Yeah, a lot of suppressors are non-serviceable. This is serviceable. You can take it apart, you can clean it. Uh, The baffle system is separate, can be separated easily separated from the barrel, so in the event that somebody happens to wear out their baffle stack or, you know, maybe there's some sort of damage to it or maybe we update our baffle stack to a much better design, we can update those pre-existing guns and or repair pre-existing very quickly and get them back to the customer time
1: of Hmm. Interesting. And then what part <clears throat> of the actual, I guess suppressor is serialized? Or is it just part the of serialized bag? is the
2: outer tube. Okay. So the outer tube that runs from the front of your upper receiver all the way out to the end of the alpha stack, that tube is seamless, stainless steel. It is slightly thicker than we probably need it to be, but we want it to be robust. It is a serialized component, and no matter what happens internally, we want to be able um, to have that too.
1: Okay. And also, I asked this in the the little interview that I did at Turricon, but or I'll just say it, but, you know, even though it's attached to the firearm, you do, I mean, it's still obviously an NFA item and you have to get that tax stamp for this, which is really like the only downside. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's a downside to any NFA item is pay the tax stamp, wait, you know, for you to get approved and then you could have fun with your gun. But yeah, I think it's definitely a really cool design. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about gators. were actually familiar with gators because at the range i had one of the the gators reps scott come over and i think i was no somebody some one of your employees complimented my glasses and i was like oh thanks it's gators and i had him try it on because i was like yeah i mean you could even just like you know i think it like makes everything so much clearer and like the colors are brighter and stuff depending on like the lenses that you get And I had him try it on. He was like, wow, these are awesome. And then at that point, it was like kind of perfect timing because Scott from Gators came over and we did like a funny little skit where one of the employees, he was wearing like these gas station glasses. And we recorded a little video where I was like, oh, you need to get new glasses. And he's like, I know, I just haven't really found any. And then, you know, I pull out from behind my back. I'm like, well, how about these? And then he tries on the Gators and he's like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then I throw the old ones on the range and. Uh, the plan was to shoot it. I don't know if you guys ended up shooting it or not, but because uh, I had you know more guns to shoot, but just you know, to, like give me your honest opinion. Obviously, I know this is an ad read, but what are your thoughts about Gator so far? Like now that you've had it for a little over a week.
2: You know, I'll say honestly, I usually I, I always buy quality sunglasses, and usually the part that makes me end up throwing them away about two years after buying them is either. The nose piece has degraded mm-hmm. or broken and it's not replaceable. Something with the nose piece or the stinking hinges. I've, you know, screws fall out, you try to replace them. Yeah. Whatever the case. It's always a hinge or nose piece issue. So in all honesty, after that interaction and you guys left, uh I was I'm like looking at the glasses closer and I'm like, holy crap. Uh first of all, the nose plate piece is replaceable it's two new So that's awesome. Yeah second of all the thing has double hinges for the ear pieces yeah so it's like they're not flimsy
1: no so no, those no. were
2: to me that was my biggest takeaways. i'm like okay the two things that always kill my glasses these guys have already addressed and yeah. then, of course go on to putting it on with glasses like you know, it's always hard to tell with new sunglasses it's like well it's just because they're cleaner than mine i know right actually better but I have worn them for a while, and I was actually thinking about it on the drive yesterday after I left Idaho. I was driving along, and I'm kind of looking and iron my gaiters. I'm like, "Man, I think these things like are doing some sort of voodoo."
1: Yes, I it know is, it, it looks good. So it's funny because like this, I had this like epiphany kind of you know reality check, I guess. Well, I guess I don't know if it would call if you'd call it epiphany or reality check, but it dawned on me when I was in Utah and I was driving, and I was looking at the mountains, and I was like, wow, they just look so amazing. And then for some reason I like took my glasses off or something, and then I looked at the mountains and I was like, that doesn't look the same. And then I put my glasses back on and I was like, okay, this is like intensifying colors. It's like making everything a lot clearer. And I'm like, how is it doing this? And I so now whenever I like I go sightseeing or something I always wear gaiters just because it makes everything look better. But then you also have to think okay when you're on the range as well you know looking at your sights or that red dot or something like that it just makes everything it makes it easier to find quicker and uh, and that target quicker and stuff like that. So I mean I have nothing but good things to say about gaiters. So if you guys want to check it out, use the URL gators.com forward slash Ava. And that URL is going to get you 15% off. Another thing that you guys said in the interview is um, you basically said it doesn't matter. Like if you shoot 115 grain all the way up to like 150 grain, essentially it's all going to be fairly the same. It's all like supersonic.
2: It's all subsonic. So it would be hard for the human ear to discern between a 115 and a 147, at least in all the testing and shooting that we've done, and been doing speed tests, those 147s are leaving the barrel, say, at 950 feet a second, and the 115s are going to be leaving the barrel like a 998 or 1010s you know, in that range. Hmm, okay. So they'll all leave the same speed.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's actually, I mean, that makes a huge difference too. And then, I saw, you know, when I was there, I saw there was a guy coming around with a, like a little, I don't know why I'm so short for words today. It's, I think it's because it's like the first cold the, day I have my heater on. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, it's Friday. <laughs> I mean, when the show comes out, it's going to be yeah. Monday, but for me, it's Friday. It's been a long week, but he had like that little pull thing that could rate sound. Mm-hmm. And what was the yeah, outcome yeah, of is that? Yeah, a meter. Yeah. What was the outcome of that?
2: Um, so... I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, people publishing DB meter results is kind of a cause of contention within the suppressor industry right now, uh-huh. and reason being is there's so many factors and so many things that can influence the number that that meter puts out, uh-huh. and so the the number that it puts out is excellent for testing as far as giving you this is our wine and we want to try to improve that, but as far as it being a very accurate realistic measurement is up for debate for sure. So I'm going to use, and I don't know that guy's name that was at the range, but I'm going to use that uh, experience mm-hmm. as a teaching moment, I guess. And I did grab my staff after he left and explained to them, like this is exactly why there's tension meters right now, is he came up, did his meter, uh, one meter to the left of the muzzle, which uh-huh. is fairly standard. Everything else about that setup of being on the range, definitely not standard and the gun put down the worst meter numbers i have ever seen in the room. and that is over the course of 4 years and that gun being tested that actually that exact gun he did test it been tested uh 3 times previously with the exact same meter in you know, in, in more controlled environments so put down some you know it was still good numbers i think it was like a 132 um but that is the worst number i've ever seen in the room. Gun. And then he moved to Shooter's right ear. That was his second meter point, mm-hmm. and which is also another typical spot for people to meter. And uh, Generally, you'll get two different decibel readings at those two locations. When he metered it, they metered exactly the same, hmm. which to me was obviously an indicator right then. Like, okay, like, well, obviously something's wrong with the setup. I don't know. It'll maybe... Whatever the case, there's there's obviously some influence here that's not giving us true actual data. Yeah. And so, uh, like I said, I I took that as a teaching point with my staff to be like, hey, this is this is why people have uh, arms about metering right now, and it's because of scenarios just like this. The metered the worst it ever has, and it just threw down the exact same numbers in two locations that should be fairly different.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. Well, I've heard from even like silencer shop and all them, you know, they've always said like, yeah, it's really hard to actually get true numbers for that. And what they mm-hmm. use is like, it's in a really expensive system. And that some of that, yes. and I don't, and I'm not aware of like what that guy was using, like if it was a good system or not, but he said that, you know, a lot of times those numbers aren't accurate. That's, that's
2: yeah. Yeah. There, He was using, he was using a good system. He was a, seller I can't remember exactly the model and the make but off the top of my head right now but he was using a good system and he's using a system that is considered standard for several years now within the industry several uh, suppressor companies have used that exact system so the guy had good equipment and I think he had good intentions and even though the gun meter didn't meter the way I, I I've seen it meter in the past I'm still happy he came by and I'm um, still glad to through that experience, at least with my staff.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I'm going to take another quick break, talk about Mantis. If you haven't checked out the Laser Academy from Mantis, definitely recommend it. The Laser Academy, it gives you everything that you need to practice with a smartphone app and improve your skills without the cost of ammo, which is huge, especially because, let's face it, cost of ammo has not come down as much as we would like it it's not 2019 prices so the standard kit comes with a choice of calibers for the laser a carrying case two tripods and a target stand holder for 150 dollars or you can get the portable kit for just 99 the app has a bunch of drill options that you can run as well you know fun practice options to make things interesting it currently has 14 modes including dual modes for friendly competition which I enjoy and As always, there's more in development. Check it out, mantisx.com. What other products do you guys offer? Because I'm looking at your website and aside from the suppressed 9mm, so like the uh, DS9SD, you guys also have, I mean, you have just like the regular, the upper assembly, um, but then you have for, I see you have one for like the MP5, or no, that's not the, is that the MP5? No, it's not that. It is. So
2: the, S MP, the DS9, uh, the 9mm PCC line, if somebody's buying a full weapon system, you can order it uh, fed on an MP5 magazine, or you can order it fed on a Glock magazine. And um, I will say we sell the MP5 to Glock is probably 9 or 10 still way more in an mp5 magazine than in the glock magazine hmm.
1: that's interesting i'm surprised and there's obviously one uh, you know i mean glock's just kind of like like i would i would just assume that more people would have the glock than the mp5 or prefer
2: you it know, yeah and that's, um, i think a lot of do pe- people do prefer that you know we get a lot of customers like well i can take the gun out of my sidearm put it in there. it's like yeah, you can but the fact of the matter is, when you look at the magazines themselves, the MP5 magazine is a true sub magazine. It's yeah. same as like a cold stadium. Yeah. Uh, the Glock magazine, it's not a true sub magazine. It wasn't built to be a sub-gun magazine. It, it, it's a, a double stack, but then it feeds into one. Uh, so it's not quite a true double stack situation. And so longevity and reliability of the firearm. Tends to decrease when you're running those Glock magazines. They have somewhat delicate feed lips. They wear out um, fairly quickly. There's been a host of demos I've gone on with my MP5 magazine-fed gun, and I will intentionally bring HK magazines date stamped from the 60s, and I will do my demo on old old HK mags. Mm-hmm. And I would you know I'd almost like challenge anybody to take a Glock mag that's been used for years and. Still so that would be 100% reliable. Mm-hmm. So, for those reasons, especially if you can talk to the customer, and then just the overall look of the gun, um, it just, it it just kind of better. looks better with that. With
1: uh, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Tell me, just real quickly, like the difference. So, you have the DS9 SD, which is four Glock mags. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then... So, yeah, so we have the
2: the ds the SD is our long barrel configuration, regularly suppressed. We have the DS9K, which is our shorter barrel. Uh, it's eight inches barrel and suppressor and nine millimeter. Either one of those models could be selected for MP5 mag or Glock mag. Okay. And then uh, moving out of the nine millimeter line, we move into our ten forty-five line, which is our 10 millimeter and our 45 ACP caliber guns. And those currently are both only offered in the thirteen inch length in the ten mil and in the forty five ACB. Okay. And both of those guns are only fed currently only fed on a glock mag. That's something hopefully we can come out with in the futures of well. the magazine.
1: Okay, perfect. And then uh, if anybody's wondering as far as price goes, so it looks like it ranges anywhere from like, 1550 all the way up to let's say 2650 is that fair to say
2: yeah yeah that's a fair range yeah depending on options and then length caliber you know there's a few things people can select there um conventional rear charge or side charging that's a big option people usually tend to go for the side, side charging it's mm-hmm. cool
1: yeah okay perfect all right, and then any future plans that you can share with us?
2: Um, we have been working on integrally suppressed bolt action stuff. Oh, nice. Uh, I've been running a prototype gun for probably, I think I'm going on year two, maybe even three now that I've been running it. I'm kind of finally about, you know, we can sign off on this. So we're that'll be the next release, be the, uh, putting the integrally suppressed barrel system bolt action and then we're working on some other variations of the 45 ACP model that uh, we will hopefully uh, planning on releasing next year.
1: Okay. Awesome. And one thing I didn't ask you, so when was MCM Firearms created? Like when did you actually start making firearms?
2: So the company Metalcraft Manufacturing was formed in 2010 and then it was right around uh, 2011, 2012 is when we got our FFL and created the division of the company for MCM Firearms. Okay.
1: And if anybody wants to check out your product, what is your website and then, uh, your social media handles?
2: So MCMfirearms.com and then social media handles is just that you should be able to get them, MCM Firearms um, on Facebook or Instagram and we should pop right up.
1: Okay. Perfect. All right. So now moving on with the rest of the show, IWI. If you haven't checked out the Carmel yet, which did you get a chance to look at that gun? They were at TriggerCon. And unfortunately, I feel bad because I didn't really get to talk to my friends over at IWI that much. I was so busy. But the Carmel has come out and I gotta say it's a really nice gun. I don't know. I mean it's it's like when I held it, you know, it's heavy. It weighs like eight plus pounds, I think, eight and a half pounds, something like that. And I expected it to kind of I don't know. I mean, I guess I didn't expect it to shoot as well as it did. And like I think this is like one of my like favorite guns to shoot now. Like it was just I couldn't help but just like smile after doing a mag dump and The internals, the ergonomics, everything about it was amazing. So, if you guys have the opportunity to shoot it, definitely do so, but just be prepared to buy one after because that's, I think it's honestly that good. So, it's a short stroked gas piston rifle with a locking rotating bolt system for maximum safety and reliability. It comes with MLOC 4N so that you can install accessories at the three, six, and nine positions. Has a cold hammer forged chrome-lined 16-inch free-floated barrel for accuracy and long life. Has a full-length top rail. The side charging handle is reversible and it's really easy to do so. Even I was able to do it in a few seconds. So if you're lefty, you know, congrats. Uh, it also, all the controls are ambidextrous. So this is the perfect gun if you are a lefty. It has a side folding stock with variable length of pull and adjustable cheek riser. It has a two-position gas regulator for normal and suppressed. And then best of all they've already started shipping and they are available if you don't see it at your gun store just ask your dealer i'm sure they can order it in the meantime when you go on to iwi's website which is iwi.us don't forget to use the code gunfunny15 all one word and that's going to get you 15 percent off anything on their web store it does not include guns but they have some really cool stuff on their web store so check it out
0: Pop-ups. What is going on in the world today? It's political chaos.
1: All right. Today in politics, uh, Brock, I have to ask, do you have any children by chance?
2: I do. I have uh, five children.
1: Oh, wow. you have a handful. hands full. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Are any of them like pretty like fairly young, like it's still in, you know, let's say middle or high school?
2: Uh, my oldest is 13 and she thinks that she's 21. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So
1: this probably, you know, would even concern you. So previously I talked about like Biden administration's overreach with a portion of the Bipartisan Safety Communities Act, which attacked and defunded safety programs in schools. So under the directive issued, all school programs involving hunter education, archery, and anything remotely related to. Uh, weapons were blocked from receiving funding as soon as news came out about the attack on the safety, the school safety programs. Republicans who foolishly, you know, voted for this objected, along with quite a few Democrats who faced backlash from their constituents. In response, the House passed the Protecting Hunting Heritage and Education Act. Surprisingly, it got voted so 424 to one. The single opposing vote was from Texas Democrat Veronica Escobar. Less than 24 hours later, the Senate unanimously voted for the legislation. Alan Gottlieb, chairman of the Citizens of Communities for the Rights to Keep and Bear Arms, said, Joe Biden's attempt to stop funding for these important school programs was yet another demonstration of just how extreme this administration can be when it comes to guns and even hunting. These are programs that not only provide valuable and genuine safety training, but they also contribute to teaching the next generation about wildlife conservation while passing along an American tradition. Democrats knew that they were in trouble on this one, but the level of support in passing the bill is still surprising. A lot of Democrats probably realized that the attack of school safety programs would bring a lot of upset voters to the polls next year. Senator Corinne, co-sponsor of the Senate version of the bill, said the Biden administration's shameful and deliberate misinterpretation of the Bipartisan Safety Communities Act has jeopardized students' access to educational enrichment programs like hunting and archery. This legislation would ensure these valuable programs remain available in schools across the country, and I urge the president to immediately sign it into law and right this erroneous wrong. The only other option would be to face a veto, which clearly the support is there to override Biden if you refuse to sign it, although he did say that he plans to sign it. Uh, So this is, you know, definitely a great outcome for school safety programs. But I mean, it is kind of, you know, it's still kind of a small victory. I do wish that we would see this, you know, when it came to defending a lot of our other, you know, our rights, our Second Amendment rights because obviously it doesn't get anywhere near the same support as a lot of like, you know, and a lot of the Democrats also, I feel like they only voted because they saw that, you know, it would be on record that they voted against school safety programs. I do think that, you know, I don't know uh, how your children's school is, but I do think that we could we could save a lot of lives if we brought back just like school education, if you know where they learned even just like the general like four basic safeties of handling a firearm and, you know, like, especially, you know, keeping it pointing in a safe direction all times and keeping your finger off the trigger. I mean, think about how many accidents could be solved just by ingraining that into a child's mind because there's so many accidents when, you know, when, I mean, I see it with adults all the time as a firearms instructor, people, you know, they go to reach for the gun and their fingers automatically on the trigger. And then, you know, sometimes they pull on that trigger and an accident happens. So it's nice yeah, that yeah. they brought this back, but do your kids shoot at all?
2: Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah, they, they shoot. My oldest, uh, she she used to like to go hunting with me. I don't like I said now she's, she she's pretty cool, so I don't know <laughs> nowadays. But um, they all shoot, and we did Hunter's Ed with at least my oldest uh, outside of the school system. But we also live in a pretty rural town. It's about twelve hundred people. Well, we live out the closest town to is.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure that that but, makes um, a big difference.
2: It does. So that school, there's actually some youth programs and stuff that are involving guns and hunting and stuff. You know, it's hunting and agriculture and all that kind of all goes together. So they're they're lucky in that way. But for kids living in these bigger cities, that's pretty yeah, heartbreaking to see programs like that getting attacked.
1: Yeah, I know. I absolutely agree. All right, Caldwell. If you're wanting to shoot long range, one of the things that you need to know is your muzzle velocity. Caldwell has several different chronographs to measure your muzzle velocity accuracy, and they've just added a new one this year with Bluetooth. They have ballistic precision chronograph with Bluetooth for $129.99, which has like a plus or minus of 0.25% accuracy and can connect to a smartphone with Bluetooth rather than a cable like the previous versions. It also records environmental conditions, not just shot data. So you have a lot more info for your ballistic calculator. It has extra wide sunscreens for use in full sun and works with firearms, archery, air guns, and even paintball. The premium version includes a tripod, carry bag, and screens for $214.99. Check these out at CaldwellShooting.com and remember to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, and you're going to get 10% off your entire order.
0: Tactical Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now.
1: Brock, do you shoot long range at all?
2: Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Love shooting long range. It's the most fun ever.
1: I know. So I will say like, I started getting a little bored with just like shooting, you know, like up close and, and then I added steel, which made it a lot better than like just shooting paper. But then for a while I was like really getting into long range shooting. And it was just kind of, it was, I mean, at this point it was so much more than just being like good at, you know, pulling the trigger. Like there was so many other things that you had to take into account. And to me, that was just, you know, the challenge I think made it just a lot more exciting but for those people who like take it to the extreme so basically the long-range community they've been wanting something like this for a while so vortex they just released a new range finder that is called the vortex impact 4000 range finders well quite common aren't as common as like weapon mounted units that are compact and have long-range capability There are some like the Wilcox Raptor, but they run around $10,000 each, which is quite expensive for those that dabble in long range units that mount right above your optic and you can range while looking through the reticle are extremely convenient and speed up a target ranging a lot. Also, being able to use a weapon mounted rangefinder helps ensure that you actually range your target instead of something nearby that might be, you know, a different range The new Vortex Impact 4000 has great ranging capability up to 4,000 yards on reflective targets, trees up to 2,500 yards, and deer up to 1,500 yards. And then it's roughly, give or take, 4.5 inches by 2.5 inches by 3 inches. At that size, it can mount right over the top of your optic and doesn't add a ton of bulk to your rifle. It includes integrated geoballistics to calculate a shooting solution, on the screen. Once you enter your ballistic data for the rifle, it stores up to 10 gun profiles on the unit, and then more can be stored on the smartphone app, uh, which connects to Bluetooth. It also includes environmental sensors like compass, humidity, barometer, and temperature, so that you can get the full solution. There's a little remote for the unit, you can uh, put close to your grip so that you don't have to move when ranging. The only downfall is it costs $3,000, but in hindsight, obviously it's a lot less than, you know, anything that even has similar options out there. So I don't think, I mean, if, if I don't think I would buy one, um, cause I don't, you know, shoot long range enough for this, but I would definitely say that, you know, a lot of people who shoot long range are probably pretty excited about this.
2: It sounds pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, Smith and Wesson. Do you have any experience with Smith and Wesson products?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Oddly, yeah, oddly enough, I have a few things from them. And one thing I can't—maybe you know. Why do people dog on the M&P so much? The Pistol, oh. I I can't figure out why people. It seems like a lot of people dog on it. Really? I finally bought one and it's been great. I actually really like it for striker fired gun. But, yeah, um,
1: that's so funny because um, so the M&P line, like the two line, <laughs> hands down is like one of my favorite handguns. Like the hand, you know, one of my favorite handgun yeah. lines, and that I've had. I mean like zero reliability issues. It's like shot really well for me. The ergonomics are great. That is like one of my favorites. So it's like weird. But then I think it's just with like any, you know, any manufacturer out there. There's people that like love or hate a certain manufacturer. Uh, Like I just, you know, I made a joke. I put out a video and I made fun of Glock. And even though I own like probably 20 Glocks, it is what it is, you know, Mm. but yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Cause there is, there's also a whole like fan page dedicated to MMP fanatics. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I don't know if you've had the chance to try out their 5.7. That gun is phenomenal. So they've created, it's like a, it has this new tempo barrel and it has a two part internal rotary lock system where like the barrel doesn't move until the bullet's almost out of the barrel. And because of that, there's very little recoil, like it's greatly reduced the recoil, which I know there's not going to be that much recoil with the five, seven anyways, but there's very little movement until that bullet exits the barrel. And then it also makes it a lot more accurate hands down. I think this one's one of the best five, sevens that they have. And then on top of that, uh, threaded barrel optic cuts and it has a nice flat face trigger. So you don't really need any aftermarket upgrades. And then the cost is MSRP $699. So you could definitely get it in the low 600 range, I would say, at most stores. If you want to check out more about this, head on over to smith-wesson.com.
0: Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. A-F.
1: Today's A-F segment. So Mom Comes Running- Like any good mom, when one of her kids calls, Tammy, I'm going to say cumin comes running no matter the time of day or night. The biological mom of three and grandmother of six from Boston does it all, even in her 70s. Emergency grocery shopping, cooking, laundry. She's even hopped on a plane in the middle of the night to bail one of her youngsters out of Miami jail or rush to bedsides in New York emergency rooms. However, she isn't the actual mom of the kids that she caters to. She's their rent-a-mom. She created a business in 1993 that offers help, like a helping hand, to U.S. and international students in the Northeast, specifically for kids in pre-boarding, boarding schools, or college that need mom's help away from home. This service obviously isn't cheap, though. I guess it's $10,000 per academic year, which I guess in hindsight, well, I don't know. I'm like, it's not that bad, but it's it's still, I wouldn't I wouldn't spend $10,000. But basically, for their money, parents can depend on their away-from-home offspring uh, receiving regular food deliveries, academic assistance, beauty and spa appointment bookings, aid in making dinner reservations, signing up for gym memberships, apartment hunting, furniture building, party planning, doctor referrals, summer storage, as well as banking and bill payment support. She has had enough business that she now has a team of uh, four other moms as well. And they currently have about 30 kids a year, which some of them have been with them for 10 years, which I'm assuming probably not the same kid, maybe through generations. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. So I feel like the whole idea, I guess boarding school would be a different thing, but I feel like the whole reason why you go to college is like you learn how to become an adult and you learn like how to, you know... Uh, I don't know, grocery shop, cook, make doctor's appointments, you know, get a gym membership or like, I don't know. I feel like this is, I mean, I guess I could understand why some people would want this, but it's a little weird. But I mean, I guess good it for her weird. for being an, an entrepreneur or a mompreneur, montrepreneur. <laughs> but yeah, kind of interesting. Franklin Armory. Let me see when the show comes out, actually. Oh, no, it's not going to be. okay. I'm just going to tell you guys this. Heads up. Franklin Armory does have something coming out. I just tried it out. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait for it to hit the market. So definitely stay tuned. I would say your best bet is really to follow Franklin Armory's social media and they're going to announce it. But on the next show, I will announce what it is, and it's pretty cool, and it's something that I think a lot of us have been waiting for. Stay tuned. In the meantime, check out all the cool stuff that they make, franklinarmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you're going to get 10% off your entire order. And now it's time for review. So Brock, let me know either the first or the second review who you know who you think should be a winner. First review is RPM7577, titled mm-hmm. Great Down-to-Earth Gun Podcast Five Stars. Now that I have listened to every episode, I feel I can give my review. I have to say, this is by far the best 2A podcast out there. Ava does a great job interviewing guests and knows how to keep you interested. I had been listening to another Colorado 2A podcast, which I will not name, but rhymes with "Conceal Carry Podcast." <laughs> but all they wanted to focus on is what everyone was doing wrong and that their way was the only way. On the other hand, Ava is always open to new ideas and the fact that there's no one perfect answer for everything. Thank you for all your entertainment, education, and encouragement. Solid five-star podcast. Oh, that was really sweet. Actually, I don't know if I've even heard of concealed carry podcast, but you know what? I, I don't want to like discredit them because in general, I don't really consume other people's content. Just because we're so busy and I'm sure you've talked to other content creators or, you know, you're just like, you kind of just stay in your lane and you're like, I don't know what you're doing. Sorry. I didn't watch your YouTube video. Um, Cause you just typically don't have time. Second review right. is Hammond Armory. Okay. So making Monday's better five stars, Longtime listener. And I just got an Apple computer so that I could leave a review. I look forward to Mondays for the new episode every week. Great info on new products and current events. Glad to see you getting more involved politically and informing your audience about some of the nonsense gun control. The only bad thing about the show is that it's only once a week. Thanks for all the entertainment. And I think that same person left a review for Pew, Pew Panel, which I appreciate too, because I remember reading that they had just gotten an Apple computer. Because I, I will say, if you don't have Apple products, it does make leaving a review a little bit more difficult. But, you know... If you have an iPhone, it's a little bit easier to search for the podcast app. Scroll down. You'll see where it says reviews and you can leave a review. And then you get entered into winning a prize pack. So in this case, Brock, I want you to pick either the first or the second review to win a prize pack. Uh,
2: I'm going to have to go with RPM 7577.
1: All right. Well, congrats. You are the winner. So just email me at gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and send me a mailing address. And now it's time to wrap up. So if you guys enjoyed the show, you want to support it, consider becoming a Patreon. I greatly appreciate it. So does Peaches. She is eating me out of house and home. She's only four pounds, but she eats a lot. (laughs) <laughs> also blown deadline, giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron every month. And then if you're a $5 and up patron after three months, you're going to get a patch that is just for patrons. It will never be for sale. Also wanted to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Holsters, Daniel Chedwell, Keith Calamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, Melissa Ridings, and William Knave. And then king of the patron is Jon Snow. And Brock, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. I appreciate you coming on even after you slept in the bed of a truck last night. (laughs) No problem. Can you just remind listeners once again where they can check out your products online and what your social media handles are?
2: Uh, You can find us online at mcmfirearms.com and then on Facebook and Instagram, it's uh, mcmfirearms.com.
1: All right. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, I will talk to you next week and we're out of here.
0: Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.